Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who uses her talents to help other women succeed in their work and in their lives. I've enjoyed hearing these stories for more than 10 years and chose over 19 of them to contribute to my book, Leading Women, which is still available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your local bookstores. Now I'm excited to announce my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life. It's available right now on Amazon, and the hard book covers are available today, January 8th, 2019. Wow, I'm excited about this new book. So I chose some of the most amazing women who quoted in this book to talk about In This Together and about their own work on the behalf of other women. This week, I'm pleased to welcome back Kathy LeMay. I first interviewed Kathy in 2011 to talk about her book, The Generosity Plan, Sharing Your Time, Treasure, and Talents to Shape the World. And I met Kathy in person in September at the Women Moving Millions Conference, where she is serving as interim executive director. Women Moving Millions is an organization of women philanthropists who have pledged to give $1 million to fund social change. Kathy herself is a worldwide philanthropic speaker, author, consultant, and fundraising expert who has raised over millions of dollars for global social change. Her life purpose is to lift up the voices and influence of the world's unseen social change warriors and freedom fighters. As founder and chief executive of Raising Change, Kathy holds master's classes to teach others how to transform fundraising and create organizations that will solve the greatest social challenges of our time. So I'm so happy to welcome Kathy LeMay to Conversation with Smart, Amazing Women. Kathy, thank you so much for being with me. Good to talk with you again in this new year, 2019, and so many great opportunities and possibilities. Well, good morning, Kathy. It's so good to talk with you again. Um, I was looking over some notes. I first talked with you in 2011, and this was about the generosity, uh, your generosity plan, and you have continued to do some amazing work as far as fundraising and creating social change in our world, and I'm so excited to talk about all those things. But welcome. Glad to talk with you again. Nancy, good morning. Happy 2019. Was it really 2011? When we last spoke again, remarkable because not all of us has aged a day in those eight years, so go us. (laughs) We met in Seattle in in 2018, but that's been a while. But the first time I spoke with you was in 2011. It's always interesting to know that, you know, the right people show up on your path when the time is right and when you're ready. And so we've we've crossed paths, and I believe that we'll end up crossing paths many more times. I believe we're kindred souls and we're very much in the same uh, realm as far as really caring about people and how we can make change and create a better world for all of us. Indeed. It's been a gift um, to know you and now get to reconnect with you in this way. And thank you for including me in your incredible work. Well, thank you. Um, You know, I, I always start out these, and I call them conversations because that's what these are. And you know about storytelling more than anyone. And storytelling and us telling our stories to other, to one another, especially women, when we tell our stories, it connects us and we always find something in common. So I always start out by asking, uh, tell me your story. I mean, I know a lot about it, but tell me about you and how you became the Kathy LeMay that I'm talking to today. 
Nancy, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so pleased that you're doing this because I think that certainly when I was younger and I would see women who looked to me to be larger than life, and I would think, my goodness, did, were they just born that way? Did that just happen? Do, do some people get um, knighted at some point and they just, it, they seem to have this charmed life? And, and slowly, and of course, what I figured out and determined, and certainly over the, you know, 30 years now that I've been doing social change, that there isn't a single person for whom charm is just lands on them. Um, that what does it mean to become who you are? And how does, what does that look like? And, and often, you know, I think the downside of, you know, everything from our bios and our CVs to people's presence on media is, is what you're willing to show versus what you don't show. And I think the what you don't show is actually where the learning happens. And, and, you know, I've actually made this very conscious decision and out, outside of one professional platform, I've left all social media. And on January 1st, I gave up texting really? because I found, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, and it's been quite remarkable. And there'll be a piece on 90 days without texting um, that comes out this spring uh, and, and why I chose to do it. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I would say that it is always, you know, the last in 2018, I had an, oh, the absolute privilege of being interim executive director of a group called Women Moving Millions. So there's these exceptional female philanthropists throughout the world bringing their voice and their, and their resources to support women and girls. And, you know, I would never have guessed that at one point I'd be on stage and serving in a leadership role with a group like that. And yet at the same time, when I hear myself say that, I often think to myself, it makes perfect sense. You know, while surface it could seem how am I this kid from a kind of you know struggling mill town in the 70s you know growing up on food banks and food stamps how is it that I've suddenly been in this world of philanthropy and social change and fundraising and I think Nancy there's probably just a, a couple things that I hope that I can share with your listeners that I hope would be helpful one I think is in a kind of an emotional and psychological way I think we gravitate to where we need the most healing and so it's not a surprise that I've spent my um, life moving through the different classes in the world, from uh, people kind of barely making ends meet to people who own multiple homes throughout the world and private jets to um, people who live in abject poverty and everything in between. I had to face and deal with my class background, and I think that I... I did for a bit run from it, and then it caught up and it found me, and it turned out it was harming me, not facing it. And and so it wasn't about, well, I'll make a lot of money, and then I won't ever have to feel like that kind of poor little white girl in a mill town. And there's not enough money you can make to, to undo kind of these deep-seated belief systems that you have about yourself. So that's one, I think, that the, how I become and stepped into who I am now is I ran until I couldn't run anymore. And then I pulled all the stuff around class and money to as close to me as possible. And it continues to be a shifting and changing narrative for me, um, which I think is the sign of growth. When people say to me, I've arrived, I've made it, I look at them and think, I have no idea what that means. Like, what are you talking about? I never feel like I've done that. And I actually think that, that's good. There's no it to be had, right? It's just a, it is yeah. just seems an endless, an endless shift. But I think for me, this um, this place of being in philanthropy and social change and fundraising 
has been really joyful because it has pushed me in ways I wouldn't have been pushed, I think, in any other sector. I have found people um, who I would not have otherwise met in any other circumstances, but we found each other through shared values. And that I chose a field where I was seeking something that was not about success, but that was about significance. And in the colleagues and the people I've worked with and the people I've met, the people who've mentored me, the people I've been serving, I think they've all helped me become the person I am today. And and in that, I, you know, sharing with a friend the other day that there are times where I feel like I'm the sum total of every story that's ever been told to me. And that if I have any wisdom as I age, um, it is because people have been kind enough to share their stories with me. And in that, I've been able to begin to figure out what mine is. Yeah, we are a combination of so many things. I think the most important thing that you're saying here also is because of your beginnings, you came from a place, though, where people did help, where people did care, and people offered you and your family assistance. And in turn, you've turned around and, and you're doing the same. So I think that's always that passing along. I believe that everything that I've ever given from my heart and my humanity uh, will come back to me threefold, and, and nine times out of ten that has happened. So I think there's there are no mistakes. I mean, the Celestine the Prophecy talks about there are no mistakes and that if we're open and we're aware and, and we keep, you know, we're on that path, the right people will show up at the right time if we are ready. And no doubt this has been your the most important path that you took. I listened to your um, your YouTube uh, video yesterday, and it was just profound. Bosnia was just, I mean, I can't imagine at 23 seeing what you saw. and, and But, yet you know, at the same time, you still saw the humanity. You still, still saw the dignity of these women and, and the profound ability to to help one another and to move forward even during even during the most difficult times. And I think that's the, the most exciting thing and most precious thing about social change is that when you when you truly have an opportunity to, to share that story and maybe walk in those shoes just a little bit, it helps us all to change. I was so impressed with that term yesterday. I mean I, I was almost in tears yesterday because I think there there is definitely a misunderstanding about philanthropic endeavors you know sometimes some people sometimes use this term and it really it really makes me mad you know bleeding hearts you know there's terminology that it's not a handout it's a hand up i really am proud when i call myself a philanthropist i'm very pleased that i'm a part of social change and i believe that we all are should be in that respect because there's not going to be one time in our lives that we won't need some help at some point in some way. And so for us to turn around and do that is so important. But let's talk about money for a minute because, you know, this is one of the things that you've done is you've created a fundraising, but you've you've raised millions of dollars to help as far as social change is concerned. You know, I see money as a vehicle. That's the way I see it. If If I'm lucky enough to have it, I see it as a vehicle to give me an opportunity to create a, not only a better life for myself, but those around me. But what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's an excellent question. And, and just to go back to the bleeding heart comment, someone said that to me years ago, and he's like, oh, you're one of those bleeding hearts. And I looked at him and said, oh, love, you haven't even begun to see how much this heart's going to bleed for the world. And I yeah. said, you just 
back and watch, right? And so yeah. I I it when people have reactions to a licensed social change and think, you know, what's the opportunity to not feel that I have to kind of apologize or shrink? Um, or when people will say, well, do you really think you can change the world? And I've said, oh, I'm certainly going to try, right? You know, to really just kind of step into the voice that you have around this, it is so easy for people to naysay anyone else's work. And what I do is I, I don't kind of defend or explain. I just step into that space even larger. And I really invite people to do that. Do not apologize for that which drives your heart every day. Someone yeah. said to me, like, is there anything you just do that's kind of fun that isn't involved in social change? And I said, well, I've not one day in my life seen the world not through a lens of social change. Yeah. And that is why I was put here. So I always invite women to say, do not feel you have to bend to other people's will or their estimation of who you should be. Um, you just, every single time something like that is said to you, you just step one foot closer to it and pull it in even more. And it's then quite difficult for anyone to feel they can topple you. So for this piece about money, most people that I know either feel they don't have enough money or in the case of people I know who are resourced feel that they have too much. I've never met anyone who has said to me, you know, the relationship that I feel most confident about in my life and that's the most worked out is my relationship with money. That one I got nailed. I just got it down. I've had people say my relationship with money is probably my most complicated relationship from everything to people resenting the fact that they need it, resenting the fact that they have it. Um, mm -hmm. People feel like there's not enough. People feeling like other people have too much. There are so many emotional and psychological associations that each of us has with money that where I think I kind of land with it. And I so much, you know, hearing you say money is a tool. Um, and I, I'm not even sure that I have arrived there. I think my relationship with money is I, I've, I've done this thing a bit where I just have figured out how to detach from it mm -hmm. and pull back a little bit and not have an emotional reaction if there's um, enough in the account, not have an emotional reaction if the account has drawn a little bit, but yeah. almost have um, a, de a detachment from it and look at it from a distance as though I'm looking at a, a painting that I didn't paint and saying, what is it that I'm actually seeing? What is, and what does it mean and what does it reflect? What does it mean if my bank account is a bit more flush? It doesn't mean I'm more successful or I was more responsible because you could have more money in your account than someone else, but that someone else could have given a lot more money to family members in need or to, or to charity. Does that mean because that person has less in their account, they're less responsible mm -hmm. or, or does if someone has a bit more money, does it mean they're withholding this, this sense that we put so many emotional associations with money and a little bit of what I've spent the last few months doing is what if I pulled back and didn't assign a lived reality depending on the current state of my money? What if I yeah. just thought what it is and say, at the moment, this is what it happens to be. I might suddenly sell all of these things for my company and there would be a different zero on the end of that. Or suddenly the stock market could completely crash um, and those of us who have some resources suddenly might not have them anymore. And I have taken um, what I almost feels like a very stoic approach to money, which is, there it is, 
it doesn't define me. It doesn't, I'm not more successful because I have more money than my family of origin. I just happen to have a little more money than my family of origin. But I am acutely aware, and I know, Nancy, you know this as well, having been in philanthropy, been in business, you can suddenly lose everything. Sure. I would not be less worthwhile of a human being if I did not own the farm that I have. And I didn't know that. I would say easily eight months ago, I had a moment thinking if I lost raising change, if I lost my alpaca farm, if I didn't have a handful of the things that I have, and I was just sitting somewhere on a park bench and all the money was gone and the property was gone and the company was gone, I sat by myself, Nancy, and said, what would I have? And I just literally sat there and went, oh, my God. My yeah. first answer, I don't know. Yeah. And I suddenly yeah. thought, I know that I suddenly realized that I have enormous self-esteem and enormous self-confidence and feel very sure about what I'm good at. But the deepest, most important thing, which is a sense of self-worth, I, that had I had tied into all of my achievements and my success and not just who I am as a person. And I thought, if I worked at a convenience store, and was changing a Slurpee machine, do I actually think that I would have less worth than I do now? And the answer was yes. And that, Nancy, was brutal. <laughs> I went, oh, like I couldn't. And I thought, I, I don't think that about other people. Yeah. I don't yeah. have friends who lost all their money. I've just thought, oh, shoot, do you want to come live with me? I don't. And I thought it about myself. And so I came down to... And it's an interesting word right around this conversation about money because I thought, what is my worth? And then I realized that magazine that came out in the 80s called Worth, and it was not about someone's human worth. It was about their net worth, and that's what that magazine meant. And I thought, holy smokes. So I have spent eight months reexamining my worth as a person on earth and thinking, if I lost everything, what would I have? And I thought, I would still be this compassionate I would still have this much empathy. I would still show up and listen to my friends. Um, I would still give an unbelievable shite about the state of the world. Yeah. Um, I would I would still be thoughtful. I would still yeah. hold doors to people. And yeah. that has actually helped me create a more successful business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you so, know, you're, you're talking all the things that women need to, to realize about themselves. And I think this is... This is such a powerful conversation, Kathy, that you're talking about, is this, this self-worth, this value that women in general need to understand. These are the things that we've always had, these talents, these abilities. You know, our ability to see issues. I mean, this is what you're very talented at, is that we see the issues, you see the issue, you see the, the possibilities, and then, you're, then you look at the problem solving, and then you find the resources to, to find the ways to make social change and to improve and make life better. And, and I think this is where women sometimes forget their values, that we, we're so good at seeing not only the big picture, but we're yeah. also very, very good at seeing the details as well. You know, you, you talk so much about humanity. I'm like you. There are days that I do. I, I'm very blessed, and, and, I, and I know I'm very blessed, and I think every morning I, my meditation begin, begins with gratitude. I begin every day with gratitude. I end my day with gratitude because, again, what I have 
but I also talk about how I, I share that, and, and it's my responsibility to do so. It makes my, my world better because of that. But, but again, we as women, when we understand and begin to understand our value and our self-worth and our self-esteem, nothing can stop that. Nothing can stop us from being our, fully who we are and what we can do to create that social change within our world. That's absolutely right. And and when you realize that that because you're here, you matter, you know, there's this great um, poet, and I think her name is Clarissa Pinkola Estes, and she wrote this exceptional piece about the times in which we live, and she said, um, my friends, do not despair. We were made for these times. And a big part of, Nancy, what I've been trying to do lately in for leadership for the company that I run um, for the other projects I work on, um, and just for the sector overall, this wonderful sector we get to be a part of, is to look and say, if it is true that I was made for these times, what is it that I'm able to bring that may on the surface seem like, or is everyone sure this is the right thing? And most of the time, it's a little bit out of the box, and it's, it's just a little bit what can present as north of crazy to some people. But every single time I listen to what Gandhi calls that still small voice inside you, um, it's correct. And it requires some things that we all have, but that we as women don't think we have. And is it requires some courage. It requires you to let go of the swinging rope that you're holding on to, that if you keep holding on, it will bring you back to the old life you've had. And the only way to grab the new rope that's going to bring you to the cliff over there that has a different and better future is you've got to let go of that first rope. And that means for those moments, you will be suspended in air between the two. And every cell in you will say, shit, grab the old rope, grab it, grab it. But it's already, it's already gone behind you back to the cliff because it's not yours anymore. And it is that period where, and I, I did a lot of this over the holidays, where I spent an enormous time alone and in solitude, and I kept thinking, is this as courageous as I am, or is there any chance there's some more in there, and I'm just so unbearably sad about some losses that I experienced, and grief right, right now be wrapping itself around me, and what would it look like if I grabbed onto the new rope and I've done it. And I got to tell you, there are times where, and I have to practice some of the detachment again, like I do with money, because there are times where I go, no, 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 I didn't mean that. No, no. Hey, old rope, shoot, come back this way. Because there are some relationships that I'm changing and I'm completely bloody scared about it because they identified me in one way for so long. But in order to become who I know I'm capable of being and really serve social change in the best way possible. I have to step into what I've always been made of and, and I'm doing it and I'm low level terrified, but I believe that on the other side of it is who, how I'm going to serve next. And, you know, when you shared the Bosnia story, Holy smokes, Nancy, I had no idea what I was doing. 23 years old, getting on air Croatia with a little bath, me and six Serbian businessmen, and I'm flying into a war zone thinking, I have lost my ever-loving mind. Like, mm-hmm. who, who am I? What do I think I could possibly do? But, I, but I, what I learned from those women is 
you're stronger than you think you are. You're smarter than you believe. You have more to offer. And we all don't have to go through a terrible tragedy like the war in Bosnia to realize that there are more gifts we have to offer. But some of what you experience when you step into the next version of yourself is the loss of the person you once were and sometimes the loss of some people who knew that person. And here's what I'm discovering, though, in, in grabbing onto that new rope to bring me to this new cliff, is that the people who believe in you might for a while have hurt feelings that you're changing or that you're becoming someone they can't quite understand, but they will go the distance with you if they're supposed to. Yeah. And and that that is one I'm you you all are hearing it from me live that I literally am going through this in these moments and I'm gonna be writing quite a bit about it. But I believe that women have way, way more courage than we think we do. A yeah. lot more. Yeah. And acting on that courage is just little daily steps. Wow. I had no idea where we would go today with our conversation, but to me, it's probably been one of the most valuable conversations to begin this new year with for us as women to recognize and to understand our value and to understand our self-worth and self-esteem because, I mean, you've, you've said everything that's so very, very important. You know, we have to stop comparing ourselves to other women. We have to stop, to stop seeing things that we see, we read, and we hear that, again, devalue us. Because, again, I think we as women have always been the problem solvers. We, are, we as women are the ones who, who see what we can do to make it a better world. I think that's why we are the ones that birth these children. But we have to birth ourselves as well. One of the things that I've said over and over again is I had to learn to value myself as a woman before I could ever value any other woman. And, uh, again, God, God had a great sense of humor when she gave me three daughters. Because I really did not really value myself as a woman. I didn't feel valued as a female. But again, the most important journey that I am taking, and you've and you've helped me today tremendously by what you've said, is for me to consider and to understand the value that I do has have, have as a woman and as a, as a woman leader, and that I can lead as a woman, as I can lead with my feminine. Uh, talents and abilities to communicate, to develop relationships, but to be authentic and to really share that humanity that's so important for both of us. I mean, you know, I, I think you, I called you for you to tell me these things. That's exactly why I called you today. That's exactly what we've been talking about. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I had no idea, but you, you're you some someone that I needed to hear today say these things. Nancy, thank you so much. And it, it you know, I, I think you you asked too about a bit about in running my business, and I realized, you know, I'm training these exceptional social entrepreneurs and fundraisers and people who are facing their anxiety about money, facing their anxiety about sitting across from someone and talking about a million dollar gift. And I spent the year training 70 people who we graduated from the fundraising masterclass, and I thought they're so courageous; they are really afraid to do this, and they enroll signed up, they keep coming to classes, and they have each other to talk to, but when it you boil it down, they're going out there and shaking hands and doing the work, and I thought, I have to honor that level of courage um, by continuing to look at myself and say, where am I growing? Where have I stopped? Where am I stagnant? And, you know, what's the, 
what's the great undiscovered country in my leadership that I've yet to see? And this sense of if I'm willing to do the introspection and and because I'm really unbelievably Scandinavian, this has now been officially confirmed by 23andMe, um, and, you know, first-generation Finnish, and we, the Scandinavians have many dark nights of the soul, and I have um, a particularly strong share of them, and I had some dark, I, I was like, what's everyone else doing over the holidays? Because I'm kind of sitting in the woods going, wait, what's my function and purpose on earth? And so I will keep doing my dark nights of the soul, facing the things I have to face and showing up for the for people in social change because I watch each of you show up with courage every day and the least I can do is meet you there. Well, you, you talk so much about listening and, and this is something that is becoming more and more important to me is that listening and, and sharing those stories so so are so very, very important, so very, very powerful. And you've you shared something today that's impacted me tremendously, and I hope those that listen to your story and talk and what you've said today will also experience that same feeling. Well, Kathy, tell us more about how we can know more about how to reach you because, again, uh, there are lots of uh, social change agents out there that really do need uh, assistance. And I mean, if anything, like you said, the courage. If you're passionate and you really believe in what you want to change, it's really, you know, it's not, it is it is hard. But it's, but you know, for me, they can say two things. They can say yes or they can say no. Well, three things, yes, no, or maybe. And, and maybe always it will keep me coming back, you know. I'm, I'm very blessed to be in a position to, to help and to share my, my blessings. And uh, I find those that on that path is such a, such a wonderful journey that we're all making and, and people like yourself that are out there helping helping to create the social change and making those millions of dollars to do so are, are extremely so valuable. So where can they reach you, learn more about you and how they can maybe help you can help them? Yeah, so yeah, so to, to anyone out there who's listening, if you have looked and said, Okay, so what is my pain point around fundraising? What is what is it that hurts when I think about it? Um we we have built and designed a masterclass to help address that pain point, to help you resolve it and get you on the other side. And it's an exceptional thing because when you take the fundraising masterclass, what people have come back to me has said is, I thought it was about fundraising training, and I'm really clear now that it is, but it really is about leadership development. And going on to this where I had ease and confidence around fundraising has catapulted my leadership in a way I no one you couldn't have convinced me if you had said that would have been an outcome I think I wouldn't have believed you so what we have done is created um, a digital fundraising masterclass and this allows people to log in purchase the masterclass it's not live yet but hang tight it will be in February and you can do at-home instruction and it is me and um, a colleague of mine 12 lectures teaching you everything. What does it look like to step in and become a world-class fundraiser? And it opens up doors for you that you didn't even know could be made available if you become one of the top fundraisers in the world. So my commitment in um, 2019 is to reach the first thousand fundraisers throughout the world with the Fundraising Masterclass and start to say, what if we completely transform the way fundraising is done in the world. And I believe it can be done, and I believe it can be done 
in a way where you feel relaxed and at ease and in your own voice. And the, the thing that I will tell your listeners for sure, you do not have to change who you are to become a great fundraiser. You just have to unleash what's always been in there. And that is what I tell people to do. So if you all are interested, you know, please do go to RaisingChange.com. There's a welcome video. You'll see me talking a little, little bit about it. You can pop your email address, and the second the digital product is available in February, you'll be the first people we reach out to. I believe there's, this is the quote that uh, I, I'm not sure who the poet was, but who will be joining in the standing up? And I think that's that's kind of what we're talking about here is that and, and the book, my book, of course, In This Together, we are all in this together. And I think once we understand our, our ultimate connections with one another and that, that value that we have, we're stronger together. Nobody gets anywhere on their own. Nobody gets anywhere alone, that we are all connected. And, and that's the way the world is. We are a global world, and we are all here to do our part. But, uh, Kathy, I want to thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, those 1,000 people, I'm sure, are out there, and they're waiting for your help. And, and, and we'll just, keep, we'll just get, keep doing the good, the good work. That's what we're going to keep doing, doing the good work. Thank you. Well, we we are we will see each other again. I know that that that, that our pals were crossed many times in the future. But uh, I want to thank you again for reminding me, as a woman, some of the values that I have maybe forgotten that I need to remember, and remind myself of. So thank you for that. So thank you for your time, your energy, and your passion, and your and your excellence as far as changing the world. It for so for all the social change and social good. My pleasure, Nancy. Have a great day, my friend. You too. Thank you. Okay.